1: On to the the mighty Raiders. Timmy, I'm just going to throw it straight to you, mate. How are you feeling about them?
2: Good. Always good about the the milk, (laughs) mate. Uh, To be honest, not a lot's changed. Very, very similar squad that will run out this year to last. You know, we've lost a couple there, but a few few younger blokes, the one we've seen out, Trey Mooney, probably comes into the fray. But the team runs out, very similar. We've touched on in, in recent podcasts, Someone like Xavier Savage now has a season under his belt. They persisted with it, which can only mean good things for him this year. Uh, the fact it is a balanced roster, they know they know each other inside out. Jamal <coughs> Fogarty got through the back end of the season, so his combination with Jackie White and it's going to come on leaps and bounds, and we saw some really good signs. Um, you know, there's no reason not to be confident going into round one.
1: What do you reckon, Guru?
3: Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything Timmy just said. Just you'd probably know more than us. Who do you think plays 13? I know they experimented with Whitehead there a little bit last year until they set it on Adam Elliott. He's obviously not there. Sutton's not there. Do they look at Whitehead once again? Is Trey Mm. Mooney ready? I don't think think?
2: so. And and I think we even saw in the World Cup how good Whitehead was on the edge. edge I remember at the start of last year, I was like, you know, he's getting on a little bit. Maybe it is time to move into the middle, but... What's underappreciated about Elliot Whitehead, Whitehead is his defence on the edges yep. is mm. rock solid, and you don't want to change that at all. So I think Whitehead will stay on the edge. Uh, Ricky's shown in the past at times he's happy to go with another big bopper like Corey Horsbrugh in the middle, but I think the two logical ones are probably it's hard because Corey Hause and Naira is better on an edge, but you know he's also got ball playing ability to fill that void if he does run a ball playing lock the big question mark will be is trey mooney ready to step up and be a starting nrl 13 because he's got the ball playing ability to be that 13 he's a gun uh, and and he's the logical one for me but is he ready uh pre-season trials will tell the story there so uh look if you're asking me now i'd say they'll just probably go with another big bopper and then hopefully by around six or seven trey mooney steps in and he's the man
1: it's uh yeah looking at this squad it's exciting it's really exciting you know a, f- a front row of Papaliti tarpana you know the way Papaliti played in the world cup the way Tarponer played in the world cup you know you could you could argue top was the best front row of the world cup at times um if not of the whole world cup i thought he was really really good uh that's a dangerous then you got hudson young another year of confidence and a full year under his belt he was literally getting chat about i mean he made the australian squad didn't he? make did made the, like is in the, the extended squad. Yeah he, yeah, he made the extended Australian squad, and you got him on an edge. You got Elliot Whitehead, who was arguably one of the best back rowers uh, of the World Cup. I thought he was incredible. The key for me, though, is another season with Jackie White and, and Fogarty. People forget Fogarty didn't come in to what round six or seven at the earliest.
2: Oh, later late late than uh, eleven or twelve. Yeah, well,
1: eleven or twelve, yeah. and they went on the run that they did, like. Jackie White and goes away to the World Cup, absolutely kills it. So good. So good. I mean, them, a whole preseason together as well. Because he was, didn't he do his ACL? No, it was round one. No, no, that was Hodgson. When did Fogarty do his um, long term injury? It was in, the, pre- in the preseason. It was in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a full preseason together. That's exciting. Then you've got Xavier Savage as well, a full preseason uh, with that spine. The only question mark I have is the nine role as well. Similar situation to the Broncos. I guess the the positive for the Raiders, though, is is Wolford's a genuine nine. Like, that's his position. But in saying that, is he the, you know, top four tier nine? He could become that. There's no, you know, he played some great games last year. But that's the only question mark. Now... We've been told that Danny Levi has been signed by the Raiders. He has, yeah, he has.
2: Yeah, we, we missed that last week in the transfer talk. Levi has come in.
1: Now he's good depth, but I don't see him being the week in week out nine. I think that you know he's, he's been at quite a few clubs and probably unable to cement that spot. But great, he's great signing if an injury, if, if something goes d- down for with nine. I wonder who this Adrian Trevelyan guy is.
2: He's a Queensland hooker. Mm. Um, come through sort of the grades, played a bit bit of reserve grade the last couple of years. Got a start or two, might have been early on last season And did his ACL, I think he hurt his shoulder as well, the poor bugger mm. um, Another one who, you know, he's younger So there, there's time to you know, get K's in his legs then at a level A solid footballer, I don't think he's going to set the world alight um, mm. Another great one for depth But again, not. I would be surprised
3: if he was a starting hooker for us The beauty of this Raiders side is that come round one You know what the spine's going to be you go back to round one last year. Charles was at fullback. Brad Schneider was at halfback. Josh Hodgson was at nine. So that's how they spent their preseason, knowing that Fogarty wasn't going to be there. Hodgson was going to be the main guy. Got to remember, as you said, um, the halfback, he only came in halfway through the year, as did Zach Wolford, who was the starting nine. nine. You now get a full preseason with all these guys, with Xavier Savage also at fullback. Um, when you consider all the things the Cam has had to overcome that I think we don't take into consideration a lot of the time, to finish eighth wasn't a bad knock.
1: It was a massive knock. Yeah. I mean, we spoke about it quite a bit, but for, for everything they went through, like including the off-field stuff, all that drama, plus the injuries, plus the spine being different, plus them openly saying they're bringing in young talent to develop them. The Raiders, for me, are super exciting.
3: I mean, i like, put it this way. If Parramatta come out in round one and Josh Hodgson is out for the season, they're in, they're in trouble all of a sudden, yeah. for me. And yeah. that's the position the Raiders found themselves in without yeah. their halfback
1: as well. It's, it's not to me, like... Not only that, they lost their Mitchell Moses as well. Imagine yeah. if the Eels lost fucking... Yeah, 100%. Their, so what the Raiders achieved last year was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And like the run they went on at the back end of the year, I think is a sign of what they can be. It really is what they can be because they had basically all of their players on the field at that point. Um, it's exciting as well from a squad perspective long-term. Totric is still really young. Like, he's still only like 23 or something like that, which is crazy to think. You've got Seb Chris, relatively young. Tomoko, relatively young. Jordan Rapata, yes, he's ageing, um, but he's still got some quality footy in him. On top of that, when you look at their backs, Albert Hoppawati, Harley Smith-Shields, who is a very talented young fella. You've got um, you've got Croker there as well, keeps of experience. You've got Valamai. So, like... Depth-wise in the backs, they're absolutely stacked. Stacked so much that you could, you know, you've got Croker sitting there and Rapana, if he's, he's, he needs a rest or whatever, you'll bring someone in. you got Xavier Savage, obviously. Um, I think he came leaps and bounds. I don't know. I didn't think he was ready for fullback last year. And to be honest, I, I think I still agree with that sentiment that I don't know if he was ready for fullback last year. But looking long-term like Ricky was, I think it was the best thing for the club to put him there. Yeah now that he has shown that he's improved so much over the year.
3: He had to learn hard lessons at one point or another. Hopefully he learned a lot of them last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think he did. I think towards the end of the year, like obviously he still had one or two things. He's a rookie. He's going to have that. But I think if you go and watch the start of him playing fullback at the start of the year and then the way he played fullback by the end of the year, I think you absolutely saw improvement in the fullback play.
2: And the the silver lining to any sort of long-term injury and key injuries to sides is um, just getting runs in, in... into the legs of your depth players. So the Raiders last year, when they didn't have foggy the first half of the season, Matty Frawley came in and was excellent as just that controlling half, that with a solid kicking game. Brad Schneider played the first few yep. games of the season, so they've <coughs> got games in their legs. Um... Really, the same thing with the hookers. I know Josh Hodgson's gone now, but I said, as a result of the Hodgson injury, Zach had got a lot of game time once he sort of came into the fray. Tommy Starling got some bigger minutes. So all these things looking a year further down the track, it's got to pay dividends.
1: Absolutely. And you look at their depth, they've, they've got five halves. They've got arguably four, uh, not arguably, but they've got four hookers. Like these key positions are stacked with depth. Uh, yeah, the Raiders for me are super, super exciting. Um, looking at their forward pack, Look, if if you want it to be super negative, maybe look—is is, Papali'i towards the end of his career? Again, like he still played incredible at the World Cup. I'm just trying to nitpick here and look at the potential positive downsides. Um, Elliot Whitehead, even though he was also incredible in the World Cup, is he towards the end of his career? I, I'm not sure. Again, these are just these are just the negative questions you have to answer because seasons—you don't know what's going to happen—and I would agree with you as well, Guru. Who will play 13 for them? Who will play 13?
3: I think, as Timmy said, I don't think Trey Mooney's going to be ready round one, but I think that, I think as you said, maybe round seven, round eight, he could be the guy. I reckon he's a really
1: good shout for Rookie of the Year. Trey Mooney? Yeah. Wow, it's an early Rookie of the Year shout.
3: Played one game last year, so he he fits the criteria and everything. Would you have him thereabouts? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. He he just needs an opportunity in this team, and I, I think he'll be in the 17 regardless. But if he lands in the 13, as Tim said, in the first two months or so, I'd be backing him in for a rookie.
1: He's he's, he's an exciting player too. Like just the way he plays catches the eye. Yep. Like there's the aggression, he's in your face, no backwards boxes. step. And so it's, it's easy to see. Like he gets viewed more than say like a, a grinder or whatever, even though he's got that kind of stuff in his game. Um, yeah, so the only nitpicks for me is like who's going to be the 13, number nine, Ken Wolford's kick on. And then you know maybe in key positions do they have older players, that's a good thing. It's more just me being pessimistic. But outside of that, this is a top eight side for me.
2: What's your thoughts on on we and Nira as the potential thirteen? Because it's a little bit similar to probably talking about TPJ, where you're like, well, yeah, probably better on the edge, but like CHN is such a really such a good ball player. He could be that link man for us. We're struggling to get enough minutes into him because of how much depth there is in the pack. We've got Hutto and Elliot Whitehead on the edges, who are 80-minute men. So maybe getting minutes into Corey is by putting him at lock, Harabir and Naira, That is, do you like that or not? Oh,
1: I, I do on paper. Like I, I mean, I think we called for a bit ago when they refused to play Adam Mali There, we're like Harawira naira has got the best ball playing yeah. out of all the forwards easily. Like, it's just the
2: obvious one we're sort of overlooking. Yeah. maybe. and know.
1: that's. And, but when I when it, there's an obvious player that doesn't get a start there. There must be a reason. Like maybe he struggles with structure. Like maybe he struggles with being forced to get to certain points on the field um, because he is the perfect thirteen. Yeah. Big, strong, has an offload, uh, good footwork.
2: Footwork through the middle, uh, like, like it so. Makes sense.
1: It makes heaps of sense. Maybe it's the work rate that he struggles with because that's a big component that people don't realise. Like mm. you're almost in a fucking washing machine in the middle there. He's so, always
2: had a pretty good motor on him, though. Like, even yeah. when playing on the edge, he, a lot of 80-minute games where he'll notch up 45 tackles and 15 or so runs. I, I yep. know adding the ball playing, you sort of got to get there every rock. But maybe you're, makes right. sense. maybe you're right. Yeah. I mean,
1: look, if, if he starts there and kills it, I will not be surprised at all. Mm. Like, will not be, It's just more along the lines of, like, for how many years now have the Raiders been looking for a thirteen and they just don't put him there? Like, just yeah. do not do it.
3: Isn't he a great guy to have on your side? Like, if Hudson or Elliott went down and Corey came in and played a better game than then, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm. Like, he's got that sort of potential. I would still go with Elliott and Hudson. But, like, when you have a look through other teams in this competition, their back rowers, they kill for a Corey.
1: Oh, he's so dangerous. Like, there's even last year there were games where he just broke it open, just broke the game open. So, yeah, really, like, it's so exciting for the Raiders because it's not only a perfect mixture of age and youth, but... They've got these guys all humming. They've gotten past the negative off-field stuff, whatever. They ended the season on a high as well. So, like, the positive is is they're coming in confident that in rather than, like, petering out and being worried about, oh, are we going to go into the new season? Very, very exciting time. And the depth is crazy. Like, as you said, Schneider has already played six or seven NRL games or five or whatever. I actually thought he was pretty good when he played. Like, obviously, when they brought in an older, experienced one in um, – In Forley, it seemed to work better. But Schneider, I think, has a ton of potential. Uh, Yeah, I think it's like super exciting times for the Raiders. I really do. Like even guys like Albert hopper sitting in the backs. Like Albert hopper a gun, a gun. He's a big, strong ball runner. Harley Smith uh, Shields, again, a gun. So, yeah, really, really exciting times. Boys, do we have top eight Raiders?
3: I think they should be.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think five to eight is, would be the expectation.
1: Yeah, I think top eight.
4: Yeah, I've got I've got Raiders like kind of at the at the bottom of the my little bracket here of the top six and kind of at the top of the seventh to tenth. I reckon they'll be in the mix there with maybe like Storm Cowboys at the top end and then equal to them maybe Brisbane on top of the improving teams like the Doggies. I got them around just the bottom of the eight. There's no reason they shouldn't. They made the finals last year with pretty much the same squad. It's very settled. So yeah. I reckon they should definitely make the finals.
3: I also think it'll be an interesting year for Jack Whiten. I mean, he finishes this year as a kangaroo centre and one of their best players at the World Cup. If Turbo's fit next year, he walks straight back into the Blues team, which then, in my opinion, probably Jack's, d- drops Jack back 14. to the bench. Yeah. But they run with two hookers next year. If Freddie wants to do that again, all of a sudden, Jack could be under... As crazy as it sounds, he could be under a little bit of pressure to get into that side.
1: Well, remember last year, I said they should they just carry him as a forward. Just carry him as
3: an extra forward, yes. Like, you yeah.
1: got it. He. Has to be in your fucking. I don't care how you get him in there. Like, he just. I know he's not the as big as big front rollers, but tell me he wasn't taking contact the way Front rollers are taking contact in the Australian.
3: But it, mate, if, if I was um, Ricky Stewart side of the season, I'd be sitting down with Jack and going, "Why can't you be the Blues five 8 I've been making yeah, that. His plays challenge. so well, yeah. but,
1: you know. It's it's a good Force Brad challenge. Brad fitless hand. Yeah. yeah cool. Um,
3: like everyone, everyone, like Obviously, Jerome Luai's got it, but everyone's talking Matt Burton. You've got a Dalian medalist, a Clive Churchill medalist at 5'8 here. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's an uh, exciting year for, for Jackie Boy. Exciting year. I just I love watching him play now. Like He's, he's honestly become one of my favourites, especially after watching him play for Australia. And the way he played in game one for New South Wales was outstanding. Could,
3: could you imagine if he did land at 5'8 for the Blues, that, that left edge would be Whiten, Luttrell, Adokar. Crazy.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think there's a world well, where well, well, lose at that spot, but I yeah.
3: Oh, I, I don't think there is either. But Jack's a classy enough player to tr- try and force it. If they lose I game one like, or something, I kind
1: of like. I like just the, Just I just want to go out there rip and tear. Yeah. Just don't. You don't need to think, bro. Just do what you do, which is fucking rip and tear.
4: I, I know he got COVID last year and he didn't get picked for game three, but Freddie still undoubtedly loves him. He oh, always sure. he always has. I. Well, I don't see a, a series where Jackie White's not in it this year.
1: Well, in Freddie's... Like, everyone, you know, likes to have a crack at Freddie for not picking him game three. But everyone forgets that when he initially picked Jack Whiten a couple of years before, everyone was like, what the... F-? Like, when Latrell got dropped, Jackie and kept his spot. Everyone tore Brad Fitler to shreds. So, if you're going to have a crack at Freddie for not picking him game three, you've got to give him the respect. He believed in Jackie Whiten when no one else believed in Jackie well, White.
4: I remember a little story. At the Blues, we got all these... Water like personalized water bottles made up for all the players that could make it. And I remember we got him in. This is before Jack Whiten debuted, and Jack White's name was on a water bottle. And me and my coworkers looked at each other like, why, why have they made this one?" And then he got picked a couple of weeks later, and ne- and literally never looked back. Yeah, it's crazy. Like Freddie, you're right. Freddie believed in him before everyone else.
1: Exactly, did. and so and, and also, like it's easy to say in hindsight you should have picked Jackie Whiten on the like the bench or, or whatever. But like at the time. We we were all discussing, like, they need an extra big body. Talakai had just come off crazy form. Like, to be clear, I still think it was a mistake to not pick Jackie White. I had him on my bench for New South Wales. But I think, like, as time goes by, everyone just – it's so easy just to blame Freddie's selections. And they forget what was actually happening at the time. Talakai was beast-moding it, like, absolutely beast-moding it. And Jackie White had just come back from fucking COVID, so – very exciting year for Jackie White.
3: I hope I haven't just jinxed Josh at car by assuming he'll be on the left wing. <laughs> the way, yeah, as
1: soon as I you? said it,
3: I thought about it and went, oh.
1: How dare you? That is, that, is one, that is one selection where you can go, even though you can understand what Freddie was thinking with the two big ball running uh, wingers that could make you of metres, that's one where you could say, I think Freddie and the selection panel got it wrong. Like just clear, clear cut. He'd been a part of New South Wales Rays. He'd won a bunch of uh, origin series. That was probably the wrong call. So does he tell
3: Daniel Tupin next year he's dropped?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah? Like, uh, unfortunately, and I'm and, um, honestly the biggest Tupin fan. Like, I think he's the most underrated winger in the last 10 to 15 years. that He's that good. But unfortunately, the Fox is arguably one of the best wingers we've ever seen. And he brings something different to To'o. Whereas, like, Tupin and To'o, even though they're very different players, they're meter eaters. Like, big, big meter eaters. Whereas Fox is a fucking game-breaker.
3: Yeah, I, I know I know based off the World Cup and everything, I'm still not convinced he's a certain... I also think that if Sueliti starts this season well...
1: That's the tough one.
3: That's the tough I I don't think Fox is a certainty by any means. I, I think there could be a little bit more outrage to come.
1: Sueliti is the interesting one. How do you fucking navigate those waters? Like, seriously, you're not getting rid of To'o. Like, to-o. And To'o
3: can play both sides as well.
1: So it... Suweli'i in a Blues jersey, eh? That's a scary, scary sight. And then you've got... Could you imagine a backline? Oh, my God. With To'o, Trell, Trubojevic, Suweli'i. Like, the size and strength. Like, it might be the strongest backline in history of of rugby league. And and, and we could
3: genuinely see a situation where Fox doesn't play Origin but is selected in the Kangaroo. I wouldn't be surprised if Mal... I I think Mal will go back to him.
1: Yeah, me personally... I would always go the Fox because of the intangible that he brings. Like, mm. put it, if he comes back and he plays and he, and he struggles and doesn't play well, then, then you've got a reason to say, like, yeah. okay, you know, you were given an opportunity. Mm. But Fox is like – he he's, he brings this special energy, and we spoke about it before the camp before, that you simply cannot replace. You can spend as much money on as you want. You can pretend about all this science and this and that and this training. But there's something special about the Fox that he brings people together and that's what Origin's all about is coming together.
3: It's a larrikins game at the end of the day. I mean it our is perfect.
1: Our yeah. biggest stars are our rogues. Yeah. Like your Joey's and all that kind of stuff. Alfie. Like that that's that's who that's where the magic lies, is in the rogue's palm. It doesn't lie in the fucking <laughs> butler. It lies in the fucking rogues palm. Um, but anyway, look, is it too early to talk about Origin? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um Okay, yeah, any rate, Raiders, we all agree, top eight, in my opinion. Is it a devastating year if they don't make the eight? No, only because of all the improvement of the other sides around it, but it is a disappointing year if they don't make the eight, in my opinion. I I would say, put it this way, on paper, I would have the Broncos just a bit ahead of them on paper, but there's a world where – but I'm probably more sure that the Raiders will hang around the, like, six to ten mark Whereas the Broncos, again, it's that off-field, whatever is going on, that really, really worries me. If that is not non-existent, the Broncos really should be a top-six side. So, very excited for the Raiders.
3: Yeah, I, the pessimistic side of me, half-glass-full, you have in the past gone well, and then it just falls off a cliff. We
2: have, but I feel like we've gotten rid of that shit out of it. Like, th- so that, do that I, That was yeah. very, what, pre-maybe 2016, 2015, for about 10 years it was like, top-eight out, top-eight yep. out. I yep. think we've gotten that out of our system.
1: I hope so. I think last year, the fact that you just made the eight still kind of proves that you can fight and hang in there rather than just like fall off.